Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to From Ahas to Ahas. I'm Sybil Wilkes and he is... I'm Stephen Hill. My name is Stephen Hill, indeed. <laughs> I'm very glad to be starting this. Indeed, uh, ha-has to ahas with my awesome, amazing, bestest friend, uh, Sybil Wilkes, uh, the legend. The um, legend, Sybil Wilkes is what I mean. Yeah, thinking. right. Sure. She's not a car. Um, so we are... <laughs> Thank but you. she's accurate. Oh, oh, look what you did there. Oh, and the millennials oh. are going, what? So <laughs> I am only. No, only because of Jay-Z, by the way. Well, actually, millennials aren't even in the Jay-Z. As I say, Jay-Z has name checked the Acura legend. Oh, that's but true. Millennials, I find, find, uh, you know, you know Jay-Z is, he's, he's the godfather, but he's not, you know, he's no 21 Savage. <laughs> And with that, we lost everyone over the age of 40. Oh, my so. gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I just think it's interesting that you make these references in your dating life. And, and how does that go over? So anyway, this is our first podcast from Ha-Has to Ahas, Sybil Wilkes, Stephen mm-hmm. Hill. And we have known each other for darn near, well, maybe half our lives. 25, right? Yeah. 28, 27 years. Uh, 27 years, two months. <laughs> it was at but the very beginning of so it was sorry. January of 94. Yes. <laughs> so we have been friends since the beginning of the Tom Jordan morning show. Stephen Hill was our executive producer, or as we like to call him, ex producer. And <laughs> thank you. Yes. And, and uh, Sybil Wilkes, uh, Chicago's own, uh, of course, was on the Tom Jordan morning show uh, from the from the rooter to the tutor. Yeah, the the only one on air for that entire time. Yes. <sighs> Last woman standing. And so Stephen Hill and I became friends. I don't remember the very first time meeting you. I and neither do I. Um, but uh, it had to have been with uh, the faithful ward Yolanda Starks. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. And, and uh, maybe even Doug Starks was there with us. The first. Oh, oh wow. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, just for reference, uh, Yolanda and Sybil are best friends uh, for uh, for uh, just about six months longer than we've known each other. Yeah, exactly. And Doug, Doug Starks, of course, uh, um, was, was roadkill. Uh, He's roadkill now. Um, <laughs> He's roadkill. He's roadkill. <laughs> you know how she goes. No, is the all. ring roadkill, by the way? So I used to <laughs> tease Yolanda Starks. Uh, because she got, they got divorced. We're going to keep it real. Get divorced, but the ring stayed around. The ring is still around. Like for a long time. Yeah. She only takes it off around? when she sees you. Yeah. Cause she knows that it bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> she takes it off during cruise week. And <laughs> so we met during the Tom Jordan morning show and we now go on the Tom Jordan fantastic voyage every year. It's four of us. It is Stephen Hill, his bestest friend, Kevin Griffith and yours truly and Yolanda Starks White. 
and we hang out and we have a good time and we have roundtable discussions. We uh, watch Stephen Hill be inappropriate sometimes. We watch Kevin at work with people on board the ship and uh, and then they you know just kind of hang with me because I have to work a lot of the time during the cruise but uh, we that's our one time of the year to get together and to have fun and we do and, and when I say roundtable discussions it's it's one of those things where we talk and and have these well as Yolanda likes to say we, we keep it real with questions and, and discussions that we have at dinner it is the most on. I can say this for myself. It's the most honest time I am all year with with uh, with three other people that I trust with everything that I have in my entire life. So as we talk, Sybil and Yolanda have been friends for twenty, close to twenty seven years. Kevin and I have been friends literally for forty four years. Wow. Right, since I was in ninth. Since I was in ninth grade. So just so you understand, like, and I'm, I'm sure you know people who are listening are have you know, hopefully have friends that are that long term and understand the value of being able to just say anything and realize you're not going to be judged. They're not going to walk out of your life. They'll be in your life. You can just be as honest as, as humanly possible. And it is one of the uh, one of the great joys of my entire life that Sybil uh, has for us uh, every year on the Tom Jordan Morning Show cruise. And Although we, it's just the Tom Joyner cruise, it's Tom Joyner cruise. It's not the Tom Joyner Morning Show cruise this year. No, it? no, it's the Tom Joyner Foundation. Yeah, it's the oh, Foundation yeah. cruise. Yeah, um, we don't have to uh, get up in the middle of the night anymore, and uh, that is a part of where I am in my new chapter of life. And you are also in a new chapter of your life. Okay, wait, we have to explain that getting up in the middle of the night was because they had to do the morning <laughs> show every. I have to explain. She wasn't sleepwalking. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> it was, you know, for everybody else on the cruise, let's be keep it real. Everybody on the cruise, it was it's some of the most fun you'll ever have in your entire life. And for Sybil, it was, you know, a bunch of 3 a.m. wake ups and and having to do stuff related to the show throughout the day. And this will be the first year that you uh, <laughs> get the drink. Be honest with you. Be honest with you. Get, the, get the drink. Get the drink. And depending on what state, state it is, we're going to have her smoke a little bit, you know. <laughs> I forget. Let me look up. What, what, is, what does it say about international waters? Are you right <laughs> uh, international, international, international. Um, so, yeah. So this year will be completely different for us in terms of uh, some of the responsibilities I have in terms of recording the show and what have you. I will still have other duties to do, but nothing like first thing in the morning where we record the show. And um, this is going to be all new for me because I will still be doing, I think, I'll still be doing my new job, which is having our newsletter go out every day with Sybil's What You Need to Know. Go to blackamericaweb.com. You can sign up today and uh, be a part of that, of the uh, What You Need to Know nation. And Stephen Hill, you left us, you abandoned us at the Tom Jordan Morning Show, and you did what? You went where? Who who are you running from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was running from the Texas mob. Um, <laughs> the saddest uh, two things, you know, the saddest things about leaving the Tom Joyner show were uh, were Sybil Wilkes and Papa Doe's, without a doubt. <laughs> in that order, by the way, in that order, and that means oh, a lot. Wow. wow, that is saying a lot. Okay. Um, I went for, I went to uh, so I, uh, you know, I've just always been a big fan of music. I went to MTV to work after uh, after leaving the Tom Joyner Morning Show and had a great time there at the beginning of TRL. Um, and uh, I got to work with Michael Jackson which mm. we'll talk about much, much oh, later. Um, 
and then went to BET where I stayed for and stayed. I was ensconced for 18 years, um, having the time of mine and hopefully everybody else's everybody else's life. Uh, uh, mostly on the music side, at the at the at the tail end on the overall programming side. Mm-hmm. Um, should have stayed on just the music side, Stephen, but that's just me talking to you. Oh, oh. <laughs> my inner voice is getting really. Wow. My inner voice is getting so much loud. louder than. I thought it would. I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, and since then I've been. Uh, I've been consulting, but mostly writing. This is what I'm. This is what I'm doing. I'm. I'm writing uh, uh, a few short stories and mm-hmm. a screenplay and something I haven't decided whether it is a play or a uh, or a movie yet. You are one of the most creative um, people I know, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was all of the above. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And hopefully that creativity will will bend its way into this wonderful uh, uh, ha-has to ahas podcast. Tell them what the goal of the podcast is, Sybil. Well, it's uh, actually for us to keep us off the streets for about an hour every week in order to uh, know what we're doing is just kind of opening up what we do uh, for a week at a time. And people who sit and listen to, you know, see us from across the dining room and see us, you know, cry and laugh and do all that kind of stuff. And and we actually had an opportunity to do a podcast on the cruise last year. And it was so much fun. And people had uh, really great words of praise and encouragement for us that um, here we are now and we're going to try to make a a go of this. I I dare say not try. We are making a go of this and we are having uh, conversations and just letting you in on our our conversations that we normally have. uh, Like I said, because our conversations outside of the cruise are are pretty much just us. Texting back and forth. You good? You good. Or getting a letter from Stephen Hill, an email from Stephen Hill <laughs> right. uh, twice a year um, when we uh, change times, which, by the way, waiting for it. And um, so coming up. This is, coming this, up. Yeah, exactly. But this is uh, an opportunity for us to uh, just kind of have people understand, you know, our friendship and and hopefully you, you know, will be a part of this as well and share some of your thoughts and 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 tell us about your friendships. And if you have the same kind of thing with folks that you love and adore and have worked with and and, you know, just have become such big parts of your lives. Sybil's one of the smartest people on earth. She didn't. She left that part out. And so <laughs> what we're going to be doing in this podcast is, as well as like just, you know, finding out how smart Sybil is no. around all things. Uh, and while I've, I'm very careful uh, to not mess it up. That's if I don't mess it up. <laughs> you I could think never. That's it. And I think, uh, yeah, I could. No, I could. I could. I could. I could really mess it up. Here's here's the thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, we sent texts back and forth a while ago saying like, okay, how honest are we going to be on this from a scale yeah. of one to ten? And Sybil's response was. Eleven. It's one more. It's one more. It's one more. <laughs> and so to 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 that to that end, my goal is to stay out of Sybil's smart way. And and no. and no, no, really it is. It really it is. And I'm trying to avoid the word, but I'm going to say it. I, I'm Not trying to avoid possible. the term mansplaining. I'm trying to avoid the term mansplaining. That is what I'm dancing around uh, like Michael Jackson on Motown 25. I prefer mansplaining to manscaping. So, you know, whatever way you want to go, that's fine with me. That's fine. fine. Okay, I'm I'm already losing then. 
Fine. We're um, embarking on this uh, a different uh, a different stage of my life, I dare say, and yours as well. Although you have been in this this new chapter of your life for almost two years. Almost three years. Uh, <gasps> three. Since I've since I left BET. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was the third of September. <laughs> a day I'll always remember. I'll always remember. Um. How are you feeling? Seriously. So, so one of the things we'll get to is, is that uh, everything in this world can be uh, explained scale of one to ten. Everything mm-hmm. you can answer. Eh, how are you feeling? What is that? How do you feel? Anything? How you feel? Scale of one to ten, and you can kind of nail it. So, in your new chapter, Sybil, uh, post Tom Jordan morning show, how you feeling? Scale of one to ten. Honestly, about a five. Really? Yeah. So, what's the chasm between a five and a ten for you right now? You think? Um, just new and different. I haven't even been able to really have a real schedule in my head, which I require. Um, and having done the Tom Dorner Morning Show for 26 years, uh, I, now I'm, my day is just, it, I have things to do and I have a place to go, but it's just different. And I still haven't quite worked out in my head and in the rest of me uh, in terms of a schedule and things that I need to do. And I, and I like, I'm, I'm really off in terms of, Fun time. I don't uh, have. I don't do a lot of watching of uh, TV shows and things. So like people are talking to me about things, and and really my life is really listening to news programming and watching news shows, and you know, as because of that newsletter, and so that's where a lot of it goes. And so now I am. I'm just kind of. I'm glad not to have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, but there's some mornings at three o'clock where I'm awake and I like you could really go back to sleep. So my life is really kind of. <laughs> balance you know what i mean but um i'm, I'm working through it and i miss okay, radio so, i really miss it so before i was at the tom joiner show i was in radio in boston mm-hmm. and you miss it after being out three what three or four months i miss it i still miss radio <laughs> being uh, out 30 years right? yeah yeah it is, it is the most immediate medium you know what people think uh, you, it, it's just a great building of community. I, 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 I am, I'm along with you. Um, when it comes to losing your job, you can, you can do it. You know, just, you know, there's many ways, but the most extreme ways are, you know, about it. <laughs> that was usable. And then you find out about it. Then you find out about it two minutes in advance. That was me. So <laughs> the question is, no, 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 no. But the, the thing is, when you say five, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, but is there a part that you get to get to enjoy? Is there time off? You're like, you're like, OK, that was a great 26 years. I'm going to take at least a moment uh, or two weeks to go on vacation. Did you go on vacation? That's the long way of saying that. No, no, I uh, actually we started working on the show on the newsletter while I was still doing the Tom Dorner show. And so and then at Christmas. I kind of got a couple of weeks off, but not really. But I didn't go anywhere. I went home to Chicago for Christmas Day and, you know, then came back. So, no, I have not had that that separation, as it were. This cruise will be my first vacation. You're going to. OK, so I'm now that you've said that to to the million, the millions of people listening to this podcast, uh, mm-hmm. I get to hold you to that when we actually get on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. You call, you call this cruise a vacation. And now. People have heard that. And so when they see <laughs> me pushing you, they'll on understand the why. Yeah. On the I, I, yes. and, and, and they may help you push me, you know, in that direction uh, and That's hold me to it. Yeah. Speaking of pushing, pushing in a direction. Um, 
boy, love is blind. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Uh, it was a sucky segue, but man, do I want to talk about that show. Okay, okay, but Have we're going to come back it, to where Sybil? you are in your life. Um, yes, but I've only seen one episode, and already I love it. I fell for it. Um, it, well, that's what I like to do. Start at the beginning. And so I, <laughs> it's Netflix. So you can start wherever you want to. OK, so that was my question. So you, you can binge watch this. I know I came in late, but it it wasn't like a weekly. You have to watch it every week like some TV shows. So Netflix is just the smartest thing out there. Right. So what they did was put out nine episodes uh, right around Valentine's Day. Yes. Yes. And then about a week or two ago, they put out the uh, the, the finale, which was the, the the will they or won't they weddings. Now, for those who do, you who may have been living under the rock. Or watching CNN the entire time, both of those very, very uh, reputable. Um, Other <laughs> uh, thing to do. Either, either one is fine. So Love Is Blind is a show uh, that you, the first, kind of Netflix's first, uh, first uh, really it's successful fun. foray into non-scripted shows. It's, it's like this, all those dating shows, but this one is Love Is Blind. They took ten women, I think it was ten women, ten men. Uh, put them in separate, um, put them in separate quarters, mm-hmm. and then one by one they would talk to each other. Like every man talked to every woman on the first episode, but you don't get to see each other. You do it just they're in you these things called pods. pods. And so there's a women's side and a men's side. And so in each individual pod, uh, you know the you know we'll call him Jack gets to talk to Mary. Mary gets to mm-hmm. talk to Jack, but they don't see each other. And then after 15 minutes or whatever interval it is, Jack goes to another pod, and Mary goes to another pod, and then Mary talks to John, and then mm-hmm. Jack talks to Jill. And then mm-hmm. so it just rotates, so and they keep doing that until yeah. they're like, you know, I hate this person, I hate this person, but you know, we're making a connection. And by the first, the first episode, there's a number of connections that are actually that are that are made. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's how people get together. And then without seeing each other, uh, I won't give up the number, but a number of these couples, uh, people ask the other to marry them, like, right? to marry them. They, they get engaged. Unseen. They get engaged. And so the whole series is what it's like when they're because they're in their little isolated world. And then they go where there's other people that they don't know and all their phone, but their phones, they're not on social media and they can't talk to their family. And then it opens up more where you get to talk. You're with your family and they meet your fiance. And then final is the wedding. The wedding. That's all wonderful and good. But here's the thing. Here's the the thing. No, I was just going to ask you, were you were you connecting with one person from the very beginning? I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. If you've seen the show, Lauren, listen Mm -hmm. to me. Here's what I realized. So Lauren is the is 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 black Athena, like whatever, whatever Greek goddess. uh, I I feel like Barnes and Noble's like I'm taking the white standard and making it putting a black name on it. Um, <laughs> Happy Black History Month! In- <laughs> Way to go, guys. Um, that's not what I mean to do. I, I just uh, are there black beauty goddesses? Like I have to go with my fifth grade Greek t- teaching of Greek goddesses. Anyway, what? I, okay, my point is, Lauren's gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. and and us uh, and 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 she wants her. She has her own thing. She's a content creator. She has her own place. She is all together. But she's on a show called Love is Blind, which <laughs> makes me realize she was willing, she was willing 
to get engaged and married to somebody that she'd never seen before. Steve, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about the dating scene? So, so what that tells me, and by the way, all these people are from in the Atlanta area. And that that made me go, whoa, because I'm like, Atlanta's black Mecca. Wow. <laughs> How can someone that fine, that together, mm-hmm. that everything in Atlanta going to be uh, single? It, it, Sybil, Sybil. Is it that desperate times for y'all? Steve, it's it's difficult out there for a lot of people. Now, some will say, Yolanda Stark's wife, that it is not difficult to date out there. You know, and some people, even though they're married, they miss dating. But it's tough. And I will tell you, as a person who has been in radio for a long time and people say, oh, I would like, you know, to go out with you, blah, 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 blah. But they are wanting to go out with the person who is on the air. So that is my difficulty. And, and, and it uh. is difficult finding somebody who doesn't want to date the voice that they hear but they just want you know me who is you know wearing you know my my chicago bears t-shirt even though i don't wear chicago bears paraphernalia anymore um you know and snuggled up with uh, some microwave popcorn for the night but it's tough it's really difficult out there for a lot of women and and obviously it's difficult for a lot of men out there otherwise why are they there i'm not worried about the men Sybil. i'm talking about lauren (laughs) Lauren is Lauren. Lauren is so fine. Lauren is so fine. While she was on the show, Mm -hmm. I was like, please don't get hooked up. I had dialed uh, six of the seven numbers for Delta Airlines, and I'm like, (laughs) like I'm rolling, I'm rolling to Atlanta now. To your point, maybe there was a presentation that she made on that show that like that I got involved. You know, I I got mentally uh, Mm -hmm. involved in. That is not the real she, but man, she just seems like a really lovely lady. She really does. And I lo- and I don't know if I can say this, but uh, people who have not watched the show and don't want us to spoil. Here's your alert. Um, I really like the guy that she hooked up with. Oh, see, I wasn't going to I see. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't going to. I really wasn't going to. I know. Yeah, okay. yeah, she, she hooked up. She hooked up like really early, by the way. You've only seen yeah. the first episode and they hooked yeah. up the first episode. Yeah. I put my phone down. <laughs> Delta Hello? didn't get my $125 Hello? that day. Hello? <laughs> no. Hello? Mr. Hill? Hello? No, no. I'm just wondering um, if other people feel the same way because I I, I know, you know, having girlfriends and, and, and guy friends and it's really tough out there. And especially for younger people, older people as, as equally as much, I would say. Here's what I find really fascinating about the show is that they fell in love with the words, with their voices and all of that. And, and you and I both have been in a business where, you know, our voices are, are everything. And the words that we say carry a lot of weight. And I'm just wondering, um, having done this as a profession, could you do this? Could you be a contestant on that show? Well, you know, I've never tried to use my voice. <laughs> Liar, liar. <laughs> I come to you today to say all of you have great potential. <laughs> My nose is big enough. It does not. Uh, let's be clear. Uh, I don't think I could do that. I could not. I like I, I, I am fully if we're keep if we're going to keep this 11, mm-hmm. if we're going to keep this 11. It is it is by no mean the driving factor, but there is a physical fact to whom I'm attracted. Uh, there is a physical factor now that that changes um, 
uh, I mean, personality is, the, is, is, is absolutely the driving factor and the ability to make me laugh is the driving is really the driving factor. Um, and, and, but I just found that. Could you do it? Could you, could you do it? I don't yeah, and think it's so. so hard out here. For, could you do it? I don't think so. And I will tell you why, because even though they are having deeper conversations than most, you and I both know that in this radio business, that the voice can be very deceiving. And <laughs> I've been deceiving people for years. <laughs> And even no, though no, we no, 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 just, just keep the lights out. No, no, just keep, just keep the lights out. <laughs> so I, 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 Mikey, I love the show, but I don't think I could do it. The reunion show is going to drop tomorrow. And by the way, I am mm. already got out my Arbel Redenbacher and we <laughs> <laughs> got the bowl, got the Orville. I'm red to go. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. I can't wait. I am sorry. Speaking of apologies. Yeah. Oh, Snoop look at you. Did. Oh, ow. Sybil, Oprah, Gail, a little bit more black love out there. What's happening? Oh, gosh. Okay, so we all know uh, in terms of the relationship between Oprah and Gail, they're besties forever. And we know that Oprah has reached a a status level in her life. And and by friendship, I think Gail has reached that as well. And and certainly through her work as one of the top morning news anchors in the business, CBS This Morning. Mm -hmm. Well, she had an interview with Lisa Leslie, the women's basketball player, about her good friend. Oh, I would love to see, by the way, I would love to see her uh, at the Patriots, by the way. Let's be clear. I, that would work for me in so many ways. <sighs> and would I'm you like sorry. to be the I, center? I okay. Mm. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. All right. You would like what? To be the what? Illegal procedure once again? I, oh, I should have hiked the ball. I wasn't. Oh, my bad. <laughs> So Lisa Leslie, of course, WNBA star for the Sparks and a very good friend of Kobe Bryant's. Right. So she had this interview with uh, Lisa Leslie and she asked the question about Kobe and his past. And that did not go over well. First of all, she got a lot of uh, pushback and people. And then she went to CBS and said, you never should have taken that clip and put it on on social media and people were angry and she was angry, but then the anger continued and it continued towards Gail as to why she asked that question. And Snoop Dogg, as well as others, went for Gail. Snoop was probably the most famous of all of them, Steve, I would say, um, who went for Gail and told her, you do not, you know, back off the family is pretty much what he said. And he called her everything but a child of God. And Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, I was offended. Now, I don't agree with her asking that question. I think there may have been a way that she could have asked it or, you know, maybe even not asked it at all because the timing, he had only, uh, Kobe had been dead a couple of weeks uh, when she asked it and people were still pretty raw as a result of his death. But he went at her with such hatred and such venom and just such utter disregard of her as a person calling her everything but a child of God. And I just thought that was awful. And, but he was not alone. Women went after Gail, men went after Gail, and they were just not giving her a break at all. And finally it came to a head, Susan Rice, the former uh, United Nations ambassador to the US. And let's let's, let's stop. Susan Rice, 
who makes a career out of like, I've got to be really diplomatic with every. Exactly. Exactly. Just a setup. Just a setup. Susan Rice, the UN. Like, I've got to, despite how people upset me, I need to be calm. Exactly. Collected and diplomatic. And very diplomatic. And that's that's the key word. Diplomacy is a part of her Mm -hmm. life. But she's also a girl from New York, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) We certainly found that out. (laughs) And she she clapped back at Snoop and, you know, we got Gail, you know, come bring it. Okay. Well, it got so ridiculous and people were taking sides. And and finally, Snoop, he had one video in which he called himself apologizing, but I really don't think that he was apologizing. And then another video came a few days later and he said he had talked to his mama and his mama told him this ain't right, make it right. And he did. And he came back and, and apologized to her on video and for the things that he said to her. And she said she accepted his apology and they they went on. So he did go on the Red uh, Table Talk show uh, on uh, Facebook. And that was uh, with uh, the Smith family, with Willow and, and her mama and her grandmama. I just love Willow. I just think she's such an incredible yeah. kid. <laughs> but but Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith, obviously, and Willow and, and Jada's mom. And he went on there and, and did you see all of it, Stephen Hill? I watched the entire thing from the very beginning to the very end. Now, we can talk about the topic of Gail and whether she should have to ask that question. I agree she shouldn't have. But mm-hmm. the way Snoop came after and, and what Susan Rice really clapped back at was was like, I'll come for your family. Like when Snoop said, and we'll 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 come for you. It was it was way, way overboard. Yeah. But as far as he was overboard there, the red table talk to me was as opposed to a perfect apology and taking responsibility for what he had done that, that I that I'd seen. Right. It, mm-hmm. it was just like a, we all make mistakes. He mentioned talking to his mom. But for, you know, 20, 24, 25 minutes was really just like, you know, I'm a guy who who, you, you know, I get I do stuff that's not greatest, but I get checked. Right. And I allow myself to be checked and I was wrong to go after it. And he mentioned he'd reached out to have a conversation with Gail. That point in time, at least had gone unreturned. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I admit to being a Snoop fan. And when he did it, I did that. Ooh, that was. Mm. Yeah. But but I was glad to see the Red Table talk. And he, you know, he he is that guy much more than he is the guy that was on that first that first video, having yeah. you know, known Snoop for years. But Steve, what I saw was a man who was really in great pain. And I always say that when you are that emotional, you need to take a beat. You need to step back. And before you push send, just just take a moment and just say, you know, let me just walk around or, or you know, just breathe or whatever it is to just kind of release all those toxins that you have within you before you send it into the stratosphere. And I don't yeah. think that he did that. And whoever his hype person was did not obviously, uh, you know, allow him to take that moment either. And I thought that was really unfortunate. And the things got it. But the one thing that I found really interesting is when he said that more men, uh, you know, and women agreed with him than there were those who were coming for him for the things that he said or coming at him. Well, I think yeah, I, th- I think he was saying that the question shouldn't have been asked. I yeah. think he was talking about that. I can't and I can't imagine people were saying supporting him 
about uh, coming after Gail's family. Now, what I really think he was talking about, I could be wrong. I could be mis- I could be mansplaining this. I could be snoopsplaining this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could be snoopsplaining this. But um, you, you talk about that anger that he, fe- that he felt. And he, he referenced that on the Red Table talk as well. But he, he, that anger that he felt about, like, this is a, this is a hero. This is a hero who made a yeah. really bad mistake, right? And so that his mistake was part of that conversation at that moment, I mm-hmm. think, is what caused anger in Snoop. I know it caused anger in in me, and I think that's the anger that he was referring to, like, especially a black, candidly, especially a black woman, why are you doing this about a black man? It was not necessary. It didn't need to be part of the conversation right then, right. unless it was going to be part about, a, and, and the way it could have been is like, this is a guy who years ago did this and has, has done everything he can to be right by everyone else since then. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Had it come from that perspective, I think there's a possibility that that, that that the anger wouldn't have been that way. But it felt like and it felt like to me as a black man, like it was an unnecessary dig. There was no necessity to it. That's mm-hmm. it. I also had another thought that I shared with a couple of friends of mine. And I was just wondering what you think of this. And I thought a lot of the anger came from men who perhaps were fearing the worst that God forbid they should be cut down in the prime of their lives as well. And that some things will come to light and some things that they will, that their families will have to answer for. Um, And that was the anger. It was more fear as well as anger that was coming from these guys who were going for Gail. I've said this a lot about a number of people and Chris Brown is going to make this conversation in a, in mm-hmm. a minute is that you're defined by your worst action, yeah. right? It's just, it's just something that humans like to do for some reason, define okay. people by their worst action ever. Larry King said that said to, I think he said to Chris Brown, I don't think I misquote, I won't get the exact quote, but I think Chris, when Chris Brown went on Larry King for that interview uh, that a while ago, over, that, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, Larry King, after being frustrated with the way that Chris Brown was approaching it, said something like, well, this is going to be on your tombstone. Mm. And while while correct, I still find challenges sometimes when people are defined by their worst action, regardless of development and and evolution since then. And I think that that that's part of the anger, like. Look, Kobe, there's n- no one is saying he didn't do that, but like w- he did so much since then. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to if, you, if you're going to do it, you know, a ratio of that to everything else he's done, it it really kind of doesn't deserve. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure it deserves the time that, that was that was that seemed to be given in the uh, Oprah interview. I mean, in the Gale interview. Oops, did I slip and say Oprah? <laughs> <I'm sorry>. Well, sometimes <laughs> no one's ever done that before. <laughs> Well, let me just say this. I'm down for the paper TV, uh, pay for pay per view TV show between the reconciliation between <laughs> Snoop and Gail. I'm 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 paying my thirty nine ninety five. I'm I'm whatever it is. <laughs> but I do hope that they do talk about it. You know, whether it's you yeah. know you see it or not. I I do hope because one thing I did note uh, in the Jada interview said you know they invited Gail to talk about it as well and she had not responded. I don't think she's responded to anybody in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although she has said that you know she accepts his apology, but I. I would just like to see them have a real reconciliation, a real moment. And we don't have to see it, although 
I'd like to be a fly, as I said, and and to see that. But um, what I thought was really interesting was just this past weekend when Oprah was talking about balance on her week on her uh, show around the world, and she just whoop, flopped down on the floor. She fell, and then of course people she did. Oh, I've, I, is that, I, have, I haven't seen a video of that more than a hundred <laughs> times. But they're not, you know, they're not letting it go. Whatever kind of opinion people once had of Oprah and Gail um, has changed precipitously. I, I speak for myself as a black man and then having conversations with other black men around this is that there's always been a ch- especially of the hip hop generation. Right. Oprah's had her um had a relationship with hip hop that has not necessarily been favorable of the genre. And I understand why, why it's, that's true of a lot of it. I think a lot of times uh, all of hip hop was, was jumped, was dumped in a bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's been a challenge around all of that. But I think more recently um, it is because of the Michael Jackson, HBO after show. Yeah. It was it was because of her initial uh, attachment to the Russell Simmons documentary, and yeah, and because people put Oprah and Gail in the same bowl, it just happens. The Kobe thing kind of made it brim over. Mm-hmm. Now you add to that Oprah's steadfast, not Steadman, but steadfast <laughs> refusal refusal to say anything bad about her former friend uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh my gosh. But the desire, it feels like the desire to go after uh, black, black men who men. black men who have not uh, to, who who admittedly, if you, you know, if you believe it all, ha, you know, the behavior that they've been reported to have is horrible behavior. I want to be very clear. The behavior that, that that they've reported to have has been horrible. But Harvey Weinstein is the only one of them that's been proven guilty anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Right? I agree. Everything else is speculation. Everything else is, and 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 I'm listening carefully to everyone. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I want to be very clear to anybody who hears this. That's not it. But my the the point being the 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 refusal to like, yeah, what Harvey did is really horrible, but mm-hmm. still having, you know, putting resources into it about black men. That's just how black men feel about it. That's all. I get it. I get it. I get it. How do black men feel about coronavirus? Uh, by the way, okay, <laughs> this is the. <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard to joke about as the as the as as the things go. But like, here's the first thing about coronavirus. Okay, I don't think anybody's. It's so pretty. Like it, if you look at the, the scientists put out a picture of coronavirus and like, yeah. that is a gorgeous virus. Like the colors in that thing. Like if I could put it on my wall, that would be great. But if I touch the wall, then I get the coronavirus and that'd be a bad thing. But the but the yellow and the purple, it kind of sets it off. <laughs> and the pinks are lovely too. Yes, it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a very it's a gorgeous virus. Look, be very and, careful. Wash your hands. Like wash your hands. What is it? Do your ABCs while you wash birthday. all your palms. You wash your back scrub. Your hands. Uh, scrub in between fingers. Um, they I think finally, finally 
<clears throat> so being in New York, everybody was wearing the face mask for you know, that, that was like the new accessory mm-hmm. for for about a week until people realized, no, 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 no. They keep the germs in, not out. Um, and it doesn't prevent it from coming in. And so finally, there are fewer, fewer of the face masks. It's like it's all about the hands. Forget the face. It's all about it's all about the hands. Yeah. Um, I, 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 what do you feel about the, what do you feel about the, uh, politicizing of, of coronavirus? Oh my gosh. You know what? See, the thing with this administration is that nothing they can do is right. And because nothing they do is right. And you don't put a man in charge of this and handling this horrific situation that could come uh, that is now on our doorstep, not could come it's here. And you don't put a man who, practically just ruined any kind of preservation of dignity they were going to do regarding AIDS and the HIV, uh, the human immunovirus in the state of Indiana. You don't put him in charge of this other virus that is now here. And I'm talking about Mike Pence. I just, I wish that he had not done this. I wish that he, they, he had not done it. And I wish that it hadn't become, hadn't to come down to, well, they don't know what they're talking about. And it's because it's uh, who was our president. And I think that that's what's really making a lot of people angry and aligning it with the fact that there are a lot of people he doesn't want to come into this country anyway. And now using this virus as an excuse to keep people out is just making it even more difficult to hear anything that comes out of their mouths. At least that's where I sit. And in addition, what I'm noticing is people talk. And I don't know if you've noticed this, right? So they had the, they had the press conference with Mike Pence and all the great, uh, all the people in the, um, in the medical community and the health community. And it felt like every single one of them that's, that were, was up there had to compliment how wonderfully this administration was handling the coronavirus. And I thought when, when Obama was president, right. when he assigned a task force, it didn't feel like everybody had to kiss the president's ass. And as I watched that and listened to the language that they used, there's been, you know, no one, no one's put this much effort into this. And the, 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 the Trump administration has been fantastic. I wish I had exact quotes. I don't, but it's great. It's watching it. I noticed like you felt like, like they have to say this to keep their job. Yeah. Yeah. And they all but kissed the ring if they weren't afraid of catching something. <laughs> May not be coronavirus, but it won't be something on that ring. <laughs> But, but uh, are you fearful? Well, here's the thing. And I tried to establish it at the top of the, at the, top of the show. Um, I'm stupid. So <laughs> no, um, <you're> not. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the thing I'm going around. Like I'm going, to, I'm going to the gym. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to wash my hands and then go to the gym and just touch everything. <laughs> and I, <laughs> the elliptical, that's fine. I, I mean, bare feet on the elliptical. That's fine. Let's do it. It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Um, so I'm not overly cautious. I have a trip that I'm supposed to take to Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. since California just established a state of emergency, yeah. uh, I'm kind of wondering whether I can get my money back or not. Mm-hmm. Kind well, of. Today they um, announced the first death in California. Yes. Yeah. And the first one outside of the state of Washington. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they found and they found a case in Manhattan, as I understand it. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there are other places. I mean, Texas has been affected by it and um, it's it's frightening, but you can't stop living. 
And no. I was just wondering, now you went, you went out of the country not too long ago for Carnival, right? Was, was there oh, any Oh, that's a whole nother show right there, okay. Sybil. That's a okay. whole nother show right there. <laughs> well, in terms of what we're discussing, in terms of your, your yes. fear or lack thereof, and we'll talk about <laughs> Carnival another time. But were you, mm-hmm. did you have any concerns about it as you were traveling? I did not. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I did not have any, not, not one concern. Now, the, I think, I think uh, the, this, the concern about this is, is going at an exponential rate. So even two weeks mm-hmm. ago, there was a lot less concern than there is right now. And that's less than right. be uh, next, next week. Uh, the irony is I came back, I did come back from Trinidad with, uh, with a flu like thing. Uh, oh. And then, and I am not, by the way, I'm not, I, I'm not advertising for this, but Tamiflu was the best thing in the world. I don't know if you ever heard of Tamiflu. Uh-huh. Tamiflu is ev- relatively new and they say, oh, knock out flu symptoms in like in a couple of days. Uh-huh. I'm like, whatever. I was like, wow, it really did. It really, really did. So, but it's not, it was not coronavirus though. I went to the doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm corona free. <laughs> and and what about that Lysol dip that they put you in? Did that work too? <laughs> that did indeed work. Okay, uh, cool. Lysol and Listerine. All that to say, protect yourself against coronavirus. Uh, do Please. not. I mean, really wash your wash your hands. If you don't have to travel, don't travel. If you if you can avoid being in uh, in places where there are a lot of people all gathered in one place, uh, do that. I do believe that this is. The single most threatening uh, health challenge um, that we faced during our lifetime. And I think it's I, I do believe that the pandemic thing, because they can't find patient zero and it's propping up different places. I think I think we I think we have challenges. So I please everyone just stay safe. OK, I have a question for you. And this is combining a couple of different things we talked about. What if Lauren was quarantined? Lauren from Love is Blind was quarantined. How quickly would you get with her if she wasn't with, oh boy, from the TV show, Love is Blind? I would, I would, let's be clear. Lauren is someone special. I would be to Lauren before the end of this sentence. there's there's there, yeah, yo and she, by the way she even had the, like okay this this comes later uh, you know mm-hmm. she, the dude she's with she has to meet has to meet the dad and the dad is like the, the dad is like the he's like the black dad like no one's good enough for my daughter oh, yeah. full stop no one so you're going through the gauntlet player i would go through the gauntlet like All i right. yo i i've faced black dads before i know that's tough <laughs> But and he's the he's one of the worst of them all. They haven't all been black dads. But listen, um, <laughs> that was my line. <laughs> that was no. I'm so, so, <laughs> we, we take it to eleven. We're taking it. We're taking it to eleven. <laughs> Trust okay. me, I will be watching every Love Is Blind show to make sure they're still together. Because if Aww. not. And it will clearly none of the dudes in Atlanta thought that, you know, that she was the, the uh, okay. I have friends in Atlanta. I want to call like, don't, how did you, yo, mm, really? I'm sorry. Oh, that's so yeah, cute. Yeah, that much. And yeah. so futile. <laughs> 
simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time. Uh, speak, um, speaking of speaking of speaking of cute and futile, say goodbye to Bloomberg's campaign. He spent a half a billion dollars. Yep. Half yep. a billion dollars. Uh, and all he got was American Samoa, which is probably more than the U.S. paid for American Samoa. The equivalent of uh, one box of Girl Scout cookies of the same name. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 let's not joke about it. Don't mm. joke about it. Don't joke about that. <laughs> uh, and the answer, is, the answer is, by the way, uh, uh-huh. unless, uh, unless they can bring out the youth vote uh, for the primaries, uh, it's all going Biden's way. What do you think? I think it's going to go all the way to the convention, but I do because I don't think that Bernie is ready to give up and I don't think he will be. I don't. I just feel as though he is being buoyed by a, a, the Bernie bros and all of those folks who will keep him going all the way till Milwaukee this summer. In Sybil's newsletter today, she pointed <laughs> out Elizabeth Warren didn't win the state she was born in, the state she went to college. That's Texas. And nor the state that she currently represents. Massachusetts. She, and is she still in the race? She, well, as of right now, uh, as we speak, she is. But she is reassessing. Yes. So you know what that means. <laughs> she's going to be right behind Biden it? in line. I mean, she's going to be right behind Bloomberg. I'm sorry. Messed up my own line. She's going to be right behind Bloomberg <laughs> in line. I, I say that she's going to she's going to drop out and she's going to endorse Biden. Other people don't What's agree. What's taking her so long? But, oh, interesting. I've had conversations where they think she's going to drop out and, enjoy, and endorse uh, Bernie, which I know. is really messy. But you know what? They're no fans of each other. He, you know, remember after the debate, she said, you called me a liar. What? What? What you say? You called me a liar in the middle of the debate on national television. I did not call you. A... And then Tom Steyer comes in and, you know, all of that. <laughs> it's like with his awkward plaid tie, you know, and, you know, tries to just say goodbye. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And I love this stuff. I absolutely love this stuff. I'm, but my curiosity now. This is, this is your, this is your, this is your venue. Isn't oh, it? This is, this is your thing. Man. I told somebody I was doing um, a, a radio hit and this was like Super Tuesday is like Christmas for me, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you really should get out more often. <laughs> uh, I know. It's, it's, that's why I'm watching Love is Blind. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, but I, I do love it. And, and I want to see my curiosity is now who Biden will pick as his running mate, because I do want it to be a black woman. It's going to be really interesting and at least nominate a black woman for the United States Supreme Court. So so which black woman do you think Biden might uh, might uh, have as a running mate? Well, I think that geographically speaking, it should be someone like Kamala Harris because she's West Coast. He's East Coast. And, you know, she has a lot of a lot of grace and, 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 and all of that that, you know, comes with the job of being vice president, um, you know, and style and what have you. And and the other side of it is somebody who is on the East Coast and a, a young woman who has made a name for herself, even though she did not win. And that's Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor of Georgia. Uh, and she's out there. And I think she's warming up to the idea of being asked to be someone's running mate in all of this. So I, I, I wouldn't be mad at either one of those. I really wouldn't. Ooh. So you're taking yourself out of the running. <laughs> Is that what I want to understand? I want to understand that you, you, you have withdrawn your name. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. Mr. 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 Uh, Vice these, President. Did you touch uh, the feeling? 
Yeah, I just I can't I can't I, you know they're pictures <laughs> from the cruise. <laughs> It's video. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what happened on the cruise did not stay on the cruise after exactly. Instagram came. Exactly. That's for exactly. Sure. Yes. Uh, Kamala Harris, who uh, it is on tape at the uh, at the Image Awards in 2017, mm. uh, which happened immediately after the Women's March uh, after uh, Agent Orange was put into office. Uh huh. Um, I, I love the energy around this Women's March, and I hope it stays it stays because it you, it can be used to put Kamala Harris into office in 2024. I said in 2017. I want to point that out. First of all. Wow. I, yes. Wait, is that me patting myself on the? I am patting myself on the back. That's I not am your limber. back. You are patting. Yeah. <laughs> but okay but but the, but the the biggest thing about her being out of the presidential race is because i believe she is the only person and uh, biden's gonna get his ass handed to him uh bernie would get his ass handed to him uh in a debate in a debate with the way that america likes likes debates yeah. right now kamala harris was the only person who could take on donald trump in the arena that donald trump has built but here's the other thing have you heard the talk that Pence is going to mess up the whole coronavirus task force so much that Donald Trump is going to bounce him from the ticket and, and choose someone else? Oh, that's some Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, oh I, by the way, I hate to say this, but we're going to keep it 11. We're keeping it 11, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. If, yo, if Donald Trump wanted to get rid of Pence and he did this to set that up, that's some Tyrion Lannister stuff. Come on. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Okay. Yo, Peter Dinklage is home going like, damn, wish I'd done that. <laughs> so let's see. Let's see. Okay, we're, we're getting to that. There's a coronavirus thing. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. You, I just, you know, like, I'm taking this back to Gail. I'm going to take this back to Gail. <laughs> Okay. Number one. Uh, what, no, no, no. no it's cause, okay. So uh, Ivanka, uh, what I was going to say initially was that I, I, the fact that he, that he was, that Donald Trump was on the radio at some point in time talking about how hot his daughter was still makes my stomach turn when I think mm-hmm. about it. And that was mm-hmm. true. Um, I, so, I, so maybe think of the things he can get away with. And it reminded me that the day that the news broke about he uh, about him talking about grabbing him by the whatever yeah. it was, right? Mm-hmm. It's the day that broke. I happened to be in the same place that Gail King was, yeah. and uh, and I remember and and, and we, we we are friendly, so we uh, so we had a conversation. He was like, "It's over. There's no way Trump can win. There's no." And I, and I said, yeah, I'm, I've been to Ohio. I understand how this is going to go down. He still <laughs> has a chance. And she looked at me. Uh, in, if Incredulous had a face, it would have been Gail King at that moment. Wow. And I, don't know, I know a lot of other people felt that way. But she was like, there's no way he can win with, with that. And while I candidly was hoping she was true, mm-hmm. uh, she was correct on that. I, I had been into Ohio and uh brexit had happened and brexit mixed with my trip to ohio was like yeah donald it's kind of you y'all don't realize what's about to come <laughs> really oh yeah that is that is that is true that is that is true all right all right um so all that to say i'm i, I i'm a gay i'm a i'm a gale fan 
I and, and by the way, like I said before, you can't judge Snoop by his worst action or judge Chris Brown by his, by the worst action. I would mm-hmm. never fully judge Gail King by by asking that question. She is a phenomenal, accomplished person who has done much in the face of adversity and is a really, really just overall cool person. Yeah. I, who yeah. asked a who asked a question? I just wish she hadn't asked. That's it. Yeah, and, and everybody has those days. Everybody has those days. Um, Stephen Hill, before we wrap this up, yes. just gonna have a couple of questions of you. Oh, speed round. Mm-hmm. Can we do speed round? Is that what it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay. okay. Are you ready? Shall we go question for question? Yeah, let me go first. It's like it's like I have a I have a great knock knock joke. You go first. <laughs> No, you go first. You go. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, please, uh, please. No, no. This gives this just gives people an smart people to, first. Smart people get, first. And you go first. Smart people first. You go. You go first. First concert you ever attended. The Jackson Five opened by the Commodores at the Chicago <laughs> Amphitheater on the south. I guess that's called the southwest side of Chicago. And my cousin Susan nice. took me. May she rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the show at all? Do you remember the show? Do you remember? No, no, I was so young. I was I was really little, but I, you know, I had my 45 of ABC and just played that over and over that so much so that I had my mom had to get me another 45. Um, But I don't remember the rundown of the show. I do remember seeing the Commodores kind of vaguely, but I just remember just just looking at Michael Jackson the whole night and, and not even with the songs, but just being enamored of him. And I know you, on the other hand, you can probably tell us the song list, and and that's what kind of music aficionado you are. So what was it? So so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I think you brought up a great great point that uh, so my first concert ever was Temptations and Moms Mabley, uh, uh, <laughs> July. <laughs> it was Temptations and Moms Mabley, <laughs> and I rem- I remember it. It was at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, July 2nd or 3rd, 1970. I was eight years old, about four months away from from nine. And I loved The Temptations, loved them. And my father had spent, uh, he worked for the Census Bureau. So in 1970, he worked in in Compton uh, Uh. for the Census Bureau, making sure, even back then, in 1970, making sure black people signed up for the census. That was his job. That's what he did. Okay, let's put and, a pin uh, in that. And, let's put a pin in that yes. regarding the census. Okay, <laughs> so go ahead. Yes. Oh, yes. We'll come back. We'll come back. And so, and so, uh, we had gone out to visit him. Uh, we'd gone out there uh, at the end of his tour, um, and he had gotten tickets for me to go see the the Temptations, and I was uh, I was just thrilled. Oh. I was just they they wore pink. They wore uh, different shades of pink suits, um, <laughs> and uh, they had a strobe light going on during Ball of Confusion. This is oh, stuff that I remember. Man. Years old, and Mom's Mabley was, uh, Mom's Mabley told jokes that I remember uh, <laughs> that I didn't laugh at. My uh-huh. parents did, and my mother was like, "Yeah, you 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 shouldn't get that joke." <laughs> <You> <laughs> right, right. I remember. I remember very very. Well. I remember it extremely extremely well. But my second was the Jackson Five. Oh, yeah. In my in my entire career, my entire career, and I mean this sincerely, my entire career, especially at BET after uh, after uh, uh, the gang and I created 106 and Park. One mm-hmm. of the goals of that was to was to uh, replicate the sound that I heard 
and I still can still hear it in my ears when I want to. When the lights went down uh, oh. and the Jackson 5 were about to come on, the sound that Cole Fieldhouse on University of Maryland's campus made is the sound that I, I, I've wanted to recreate and the feeling I've always wanted to recreate in, in, in my job, again, especially at BET and 106 and Park. When, so whenever Bow Wow or Chris mm-hmm. Brown or B2K was the closest to that, when that really? place erupted, it would take me back to July 17th, 1971 uh, in the Jackson 5 show. Wow. That was the closest you came yeah. to that. Oh, but yes, yes. And I felt very good about like it, it, about having uh, providing that same experience for uh, for for kids. Every kid deserves to lose their mind over something like we were lucky enough to have the Jackson mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. People who were lucky enough to have new edition had new edition. People looking to have B2K and the fact that I was able to like pour gasoline on the B2K fire, the Chris Brown fire, the mm. Bow Wow fire. Uh, is is uh, I am so proud of it, quite quite frankly, and it is one of my life's greatest missions. Wow. <laughs> it is, it really is, and, just because because it's just like Jackson Five. And you know what? For me, was um not only Jackson Five for that first concert that I'll never forget, but also having had this job with Tom Joyner and having been with the Jacksons um, at family reunion, you know, and uh, with the, the shovel and also being then at the cruise on the cruise with you where we <laughs> performed before members of the Jacksons and they were we the judges. And that was crazy. That was absolutely crazy for me. Oh, we were, we were great. By the way, let's just keep it on. We were amazing. So Sybil and I may or may not have performed. I'll be there in front of the Jacksons. <laughs> it depends on have, whether you have the video or not. Yeah, and and also depends on your definition of performed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Best thing about that, uh, Sybil's uh, imitation of Mick Jagger. Uh, <laughs> In the middle of the in the middle of the B section of the song, there's, there's nothing better than that little shiver that Sybil did. Gold. yeah, yeah. Um, in the middle of the song. And and another favorite concert you took me to uh, to see Elton John, just Elton John and his piano in DC, yeah. and that was awesome. Just positively awesome. We have shared many an awesome moment, Sybil, and there's many more to come. Yes, and that is the purpose of uh, this little podcast. We hope you've had both ahas and ha-has. Sybil, where can we find you on the uh, on the internets? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Sybil Wilkes, S-Y-B-I-L, like the crazy girl, Wilkes, like John Wilkes Booth on Instagram and t- the Twitter, uh, the Facebook, and my uh newsletter what you need to know go to blackamericaweb.com scroll down a little bit you'll see the headline Sybil Wilkes what you need to know newsletter click it and you can subscribe and we will have it in your mailbox the next morning uh, starting at what 5 30 6 o'clock in the morning because you just can't avoid that early morning thing you, just <laughs> have, to, you have to be in the early morning I, hear I, know, I know I know and you Stephen uh, Hill I am uh, I am on the Instagram at Okay, Stephen with a PH, Stephen Grant Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm Twitter at Stephen G Hill. 
and I'm on Tinder at Lauren from <laughs> Love is Blind Love. Keep dreaming, my friend. Keep dreaming. Lauren, if you're, if you're listening, Lauren, this is the voice you would have been attracted to. I promise and, you. And Cameron, if you're listening and Lauren gives uh, you up for Stephen Hill, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> I love it when we all get what we want. All right. That's it. It's a plan. <laughs>